Part 8. Heracles and Philosophical Ascent. The Pythagoreans kept their doctrines secret. However, as is often the case, true esoteric teachings are not intended to teach some fascinating secret theories and ideas, but to provide a spiritual method and guidance in order to actualize these ideas. They are designed to heal and transform the soul. If Pythagoras was coming not to teach, but to heal, according to the ancient account, thus playing the role of Asclepius or Ascalatus, Gula of Asin, the great physician, Atsugalatu, or of the Egyptian Imhotep, adopted son of Ta, then he stands in the long tradition of divine avatars, spiritual masters and healers, who not only provide a means for purifying the soul, but show the way to regain one's true identity and immortality. This is the ultimate aim of Pythagorean philosophy, not simply doing science and studying mathematics. In this regard, Plotinus clearly states, Our concern is not to be free of sin, but to be God. Thereby he repeats the ancient theurgic ideal of becoming like a god, assuming the role of Niteru, since all Niteru are aspects, functions, masks, and names of the supreme principle. And sharing in the demiurgic activity and care of the world, like the idea of becoming a god, similar to the Platonic admonition found in the Theaetetus, an Imago Dei doctrine is held in the instruction for King Merikare, which belongs to the Middle Kingdom wisdom literature. This text describes the established link between God and humanity through Mart, sacred kingship and cultic activities. Well provided are the humans the herd of God. For their sake he created heaven and earth. They are his images. They have come forth from his body. For their sake he rises in the heavens. For them he created the plants and the animals. Fowl and fish so that they might eat. He ruled them. He created for them rulers in the egg. I.e. still in the archetypal realm. He created for them Heka as a weapon. God knows every name. For the image to be returned to its archetype, certain theurgic rites or their philosophical counterparts are required. Therefore, the early Pythagorean philosophy, which appeared more than 1,500 years after the instruction for King Merikare was composed, aims at restoring the human being as an imago dei, through the philosophical mysteries which consist in 1. Ritual purification, katharmos, including purification through virtues and reason. 2. Initiation or transmission of paradosis, tradition and esoteric doctrine, and power from the spiritual father to his son. And 3. The opening of the spiritual eye due to the inner alchemical transformation of the soul and mystical vision, epoptia, of truth or union with the deity. 
the epoptia is tantamount to the seeing of the true form of a god, aru in neta, juru in netur. Our contemplating the forms, speaking in platonic terms. The forms or ideas are the archetypal stars, and stars in the hieroglyphic script may stand for neteru, gods. The word which means a star, seba, is phonetically the same as that which stands for teaching, learning, wisdom. Consequently, an idea, something that belongs to the realm of intellect, to the supervision of Thoth. Like the knowledge of Thoth, Pythagorean knowledge is carefully and silently guarded in the breast. This knowledge concerns the doctrine of intelligibles, world order, right living, punishment, purification and rebirth, which means attaining immortality at the level of Osiris-Ra, i.e. in the noetic realm of the gods, numbers or divine lights. The main Pythagorean hero in this pursuit of immortality and divine status is Heracles, the Phoenician Melkart. Therefore, the imitation of Heracles stands as the paradigm for becoming like a god through initiation, spiritual labours, death and final apotheosis. For this reason, Apollonius of Tiana modelled himself on the ideal image of Heracles, and Milo of Croton, according to the testimony of Diodorus, who belonged to the first generation of the Pythagorean school, is portrayed as dressed in the costume of Heracles and leading the people of Croton against the enemies in 510 BC. Heracles initially is the Babylonian Nurgle, usually regarded as the husband of Ereshkigal, queen of the underworld, and identified with Eda, Eregal, the god of pestilences and plagues. If he causes an ill, he may equally avert it, be it physical or spiritual illness. Therefore, the amulets of Heracles, Alexakakos, the averter of evil, are used in everyday life. The Pythagorean hero Heracles no less trusts in his own strength, thus being an exemplar philosopher, the paradigm of spiritual ascesis and combat with passions. The mythical motifs and images, such as the combat with the lion and with the seven-headed snake, clearly are of the Mesopotamian origin. The slayings of various monsters are modelled on, one, the slaying of Humbaba by Gilgamesh and Enkitu, and two, the motifs from the Babylonian cosmogonical epic, Enuma Elish. The widespread iconographic image of the club-bearer Heracles, who is not only the paradigmatic hero of Pythagoreans, but, along with Socrates, the first teacher and Archegete? 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 of the Cynic tradition, may be related to the Indian Pasupata teacher Lakuliza, the lord of the club. Heracles' lion skin recalls Shiva's leopard skin and similar skins of the Egyptian Sem priests. Like the Sumero-Akkadian Gilgamesh, 
Ilgamesh, youth old man, a ruler of Uruk at around 2600 BC, later divinized as a form of dying god, Dumuzi, and made a judge in the realm of the dead. He seeks to overcome the structures of destiny and death by force. Gilgamesh fails in overcoming his humanity, but finally becomes a model for sage and philosopher, a man with the task of harmonizing himself with the great rhythms of cosmic destiny and order, for he builds the wall of Uruk, the sacred enclosure of holy Iana, the sacred storehouse. This temenos and sacred building constitutes a well-measured mandala which reflects the divine prototypes, a measure of immortality man can seek. The walled city is a symbol of the universe and its microcosmic counterpart, perfect man. The seven wise men laid its foundations. It has a defensive magic circle for the seeds of life, thus preserving the cosmic order, holiness and wisdom. In its role as an exemplar, Politeia, this semi-imaginary city may symbolise the Pythagorean political philosophy. As a ruler of Uruk, Gilgamesh had the title En, which united in his person, paradigmatic mask, two aspects of that office, magical and martial. The magical powers of the En are not limited to his ritual role, but continue to be effective after his death. From them emanate powers which sustain tradition, paradosis, and even make orchards, fields, and pastures grow green and thrive. Power is attributed to the dead Egyptian pharaoh who becomes Osiris and repeats his divine destiny. The middle Platonist Plutarch, despite his conviction of the essential identity of Egyptian and Hellenic religions, did not accept the idea about the foreign origins of the Hellenic hero, Heracles, because neither Homer nor Hesiod ever mentioned an Egyptian or a Phoenician Heracles. Therefore, Plutarch attacks the claim of Herodotus. Quote, he says that the Greeks learned about processions and national festivals from the Egyptians, as well as the worship of the twelve gods. The very name of Dionysus, he says, was learnt from the Egyptians by Melampos, and he taught the rest of the Greeks, and the mysteries and secret rituals connected with Demeter were brought from Egypt by the daughters of Danaus. Nor is this the worst. <clears throat> Nor is this the worst. He traces the ancestry of Heracles to Perseus, and says Perseus, according to the Persian account, was an Assyrian, and the chief of the Dorians, he says, would be established as pure-blooded Egyptians. Not only is he anxious to establish an Egyptian and a Phoenician Heracles, he says that our own Heracles was born after the other two. End quote. Recent investigations have proved that Plutarch was wrong about Heracles. Even worse, Homer and Hesiod themselves faithfully followed the Eastern poetical, mythological and generic paradigms, also incorporating the related ideas. Those who are the most challenging among the contemporary writers even try to establish as plausible the Egyptian derivation of Homer's name or title, linking it with Hemuta, later Coptic Hemur, meaning spell, act, or 
actor of speech. According to the Hellenic tradition itself, the so-called Dorian invasion was simply the return of the Heraclids. The Dorian kings regarded themselves as divine descendants from Heracles, as through the Egyptian and Phoenician ancestors. The Egyptian Heracles is Montu, the god of archery and war, pictured as a falcon bull, or perhaps also Horus in his hypostasis as the avenger warrior and hero who restores Mart, the world order. Like the Hellenic club-bearer Heracles, the Indian god Shiva of the Pashupatas has both the feline skin and the club. Therefore it is easy to see why on the Kushan coins the figure of Heracles is replaced by the similar figure of Shiva. On the other hand, Heracles is identified with Dionysus. For this reason, to imitate Heracles is tantamount to imitating Dionysus and Shiva, to seek the divine identity through the Dionysian frenzy, behaving like madmen or animals, for animals are wise. Not only the ancient hunters, but even Ibn al-Arabi talk about a certain animal wisdom. Often seeking after dishonour in the same manner as the Muslim dervishes and Malamatis have sought. According to Herodotus, the so-called Orphic or Bacchic rites are really Egyptian and Pythagorean. In both cases, the attaining of wisdom, salvation and enlightenment is accomplished not through discursive reasoning and cultivation of sciences, but through the inner passage, philosophical ascent, leading upwards to the royal crown mounted on the sacred pillar. That is the central cosmic column or axis mundi, this essentially invisible macrocosmic and microcosmic axis is represented by the sacred tree, the spinal column of Osiris, Jed, erect pillar, the body of the goddess Nut, heaven, or the theurgic ladder constructed by the rays of divine light. This ladder constitutes the way towards union, Hinosis. G. Zuntz rejected such unity with a god, thinking it may have been acceptable in Egypt, but not in Greece. Quote, no Greek cult of any kind ever aimed to achieve identity of god and worshipper, alive or dead. End quote. E. Hornung rejected this aspiration for the Egyptians as well, claiming that they, quote, never experienced a longing for union with the deity, end quote. Such blind assertions stand contrary to the evidence provided by the texts and the sound metaphysics itself, showing how brilliant modern scholars try to project into the ancient mysteries of their own prejudices and states of mind. They are adherents of a persistent mythology, so dear to all sorts of rationalists and functioning as if it were their main magic talisman, a mythology which holds that the ancient philosophy and the world itself are moving from so-called irrationality, monkey-like backwardness, to rationality, which by now is elevated to the status of the scientific schizophrenia, terrorism and tyranny, i.e. from muthos to logos. <laughs>